The Birdsville mailman lays down his hammer and chisel and emerges from his backyard tool shed. He casually steps around the cloud of bees swarming to and from the hive. He has graciously allowed them to construct directly in front of the doorway. He admires the insect's zeal and industry, and ambles through the vines and shade trees to the house. He walks with a measured tread, slow but deliberate, even graceful, free of the shuffling or tottering common among others of his age. His legs are sturdy. After decades of trudging through sand hills, of bending and kneeling to dig out bog truck tyres, of climbing cat-like into and out of high truck cabins, of springing his thick frame up onto the backs of truck trays, and of bearing twice his body weight when lifting forty-four-gallon drums filled with petrol, weighing close to two hundred kilograms, they still support him. He pulls back the screen door at the rear of the house and makes his way through the sunroom to the laundry. He places his cloth hat on the countertop near the sink and washes up. His hair is short and smooth. The thick mop of short dark tufts that once covered his head is now a dignified covering of straight grey strands. Without the Birdsville track dust, sweat and axle grease that once enlivened it with unnatural body and verve, it lies neatly and obediently against his head. His hands are broad, the skin extending up his forearms, brown and tough, and the fingers thick and able. The left ring finger ends in a stump at the knuckle, the result of an accident in his father's blacksmith shop more than half a century ago. He doesn't miss it. Oh, look, from my side, one less finger to wash, he remarks. For a total of twenty years, intermittently, throughout the 1930s, 40s, 50s and 60s, the carrier called Cruz had ferried the mail up to Birdsville Track, coaxing overloaded, ill-equipped, clapped-out old bangers the 1,000 kilometres from Marie to Birdsville and back. Tom had had a parade of trucks during the years he was on the mail run, but one stood out as a favourite, the 1936 Leyland Badger that had starred with him in the film The Back of Beyond. In 1952, when the film's director, John Hayer, was charged with producing a documentary that would reflect the spirit of Outback Australia, he chose Tom Cruise as his leading man, and together they made an internationally award-winning movie that captured hearts and imaginations across the country. Since the film's premiere in 1954, a generation of Australians forever pictured him driving the battered old truck in a wide circle, generating speed to attack the flank of a far northern sandhill, or slapping the sides of the old girl, urging her forward with the words, Come on, come on, as she struggled to make the crest. Off camera, Tom had driven the badger year after year over sandhills, through flooded watercourses, and across stony desert plains when the Birdsville track was only a track two thin wheel ruts that all but disappeared when dust storms blew and the sandhills moved leeward, or when the contrary Cooper or Diamantina spilled their banks and drowned tyre marks and drove us tracks under tens of kilometres of water. This was the Birdsville track of the thirties, forties and fifties, before the advent of four-wheel drive, roadside assistance service, satellite phones and the global positioning system before the track grew into the wide, graded, gravel roadway it is today. In the same way that the Birdsville track embodied the isolated stock routes of Central Australia, Tom Cruise epitomised the hard-working people of the bush. He was dogged, loyal and resourceful, strong and dependable. Once a fortnight, ostensibly, 
He would load up with mail and freight and steer his vehicle into the desert. When conditions were bad, it would often take him much longer than the planned five or seven days to make the round trip. Vehicle breakdowns, dust storms, floods or bogs, conspiring to keep him on the road for weeks at a time on some occasions. It was in 1936 that Tom's then employer, Outback Transport pioneer Harry Henry Edgar Ding, purchased a brand new Leyland Badger from Crawford's in Adelaide, which later became Commercial Motor Vehicles, the local Leyland agent. In those days, trucks were sold as a chassis and frame only, with the cab and body built and fitted locally. The Badger's chassis was shipped from England and delivered to J.A. Lawton and Son in Adelaide for finishing. There, the Lawton's tradesmen built a cab and tray for the Badger alongside their usual milk floats, fire engines and baker's vans.